Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what's happening up in the stars above, in the sky above us today. Happy Monday. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. It was certainly an interesting weekend around here uh, where I live, and I hope, I hope, I hope everybody is doing well at this period of time. The emotional energy is really ramping up and I feel it. I feel it in my solar plexus. I feel it in the anxiety uh, that I feel about what's going on in the world, about just everything it seems like. If I'm feeling it, I know that you all must be feeling it too. And I wanna say that just because we're feeling these feelings doesn't make them bad. Uh, it doesn't mean that something's wrong. It doesn't mean the world is going to fall apart. But it does mean, of course, that we're feeling feelings. And we are not our feelings. Today, we're going to talk more about that as uh, over the, today and, uh, let's see, was it today? And it was on uh, the 2nd of March that Saturn made a move into the gate of revolution and Neptune today moves into the gate 36, which is called the gate of crisis resolution hmm, or turbulence. And we can see with move the, those two gates, they happen to sit on the solar plexus, which is the center for emotional energy. And we have more going on in that emotional solar plexus uh, than just those two planets. We have the sun getting ready to move into a gate, Jupiter sitting at a, an emotional gate. So our solar plexus is really sort of lit up or on fire, if you will. And uh, we're feeling a lot of different emotions, a lot of different feelings. So working through that, and what does that mean, right? What are we, what are we designed to do with all of this emotional energy? And honestly, as I look at the week, the week itself looks pretty calm, <laughs> tame by comparison, right? Uh, but because that's just an astrological overview, the stars themselves or the planets themselves aren't injecting any new energy into us than it's already given us. So we are still holding with some of the same archetypal energies that we've been holding with. But the human design changes, they come a little more uh, powerfully through the different centers that they're associated with. So in astro design, when we're looking at what's happening, we have a lot of emotional volatility uh, right now. And that is mostly out there in the collective, but we're all a part of that collective. So we feel it as well. And, it, you know, the, the things that are happening uh, kind of light up different parts of our emotional center. So we can have a lot of fear that gets triggered. And uh, looking ahead as we get into the next week, um, we have some very powerful earth energies that are going to start to trigger some of the fears that we have on the spleen center, survival fears. So uh, actually, that's starting the last week of March, so the 25th of March. In the meantime, we have, you know, other planets that are triggering the solar plexus. The solar plexus are the emotions, and the emotion then, the, how are we going to work with that emotion when we begin to have our survival energies triggered later in the month by the Earth, 
which is the source of the evolutionary pulse that moves through us. And often that first gets uh, show, shows up first in our lives as a challenge, right? Something that is challenging us to move to where the sun is uh, and the sun holding, you know, the light of, you know, the potential for how we can express ourselves in the outer world. So, yeah, and we've just come through. We finished on Friday. We the Saturday was our first day out of the Pleiadian uh, and Mayan calendar collective shadow period. That was a 20-day long period where a lot of shadow energies were coming up. And as part of that, we had the uh, invasion of Ukraine by Russia. And that brings up a lot of fears, survival you know, basically fears, right? With, it's not just that, you know, Russia is invading Ukraine. It's that there's the potential for uh, the most Plutoan of, of results, and that is nuclear bombs or a nuclear explosion. So you just, you know, if you look back at all of these things that are going on, it is sort of a littered past of a lot of different energies that are causing us to rise up and to do something different, like moving out of the psychosis that that we have have been in uh, over the last oh I don't know many millennia. So uh, let's just say good morning to everybody. I saw this morning that Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel is with us. Uh, Debbie, we are all wishing you and the citizens of Bay County in Florida well, as there is a sweeping wildfire going through that area where a lot of debris left over from Hurricane Michael, which was what now, three years ago, are still there and caught fire. And so we have a, a wildfire ravaging that area. So we hope you and uh, everyone there stay safe and that somehow the weather can shift. You know, we can shift the weather uh, and some rain comes to um, put out that fire. Good morning, awesome Tanya. It's good to see you. Susie Gemini, good morning. And J-Lo, I had a dream about you this morning. It was too funny. Uh, I'll tell you about it here in just a second. Good morning, uh, Monique Alexander. Good to see you, Susie Gemini. Thank you very much. Tammy, good morning to you. Pam Zarupa, good morning. And anybody else out there listening that has not yet checked in with us, good morning. Uh, so J-Lo, this morning I woke up. I think I woke up at about 525. It was something like that. I I got I woke up and I'm like, that is so weird because you and I were having a conversation about moons. And in the dream, I was specifically talking to you about the different moons. And they seem to be the moons of this week because there were four of them. And this week, the moon will be in Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, and for a short time on Sunday uh, in Leo. And then we start next week with the moon in Leo. So I, I just have to say there was nothing, you know, bad going on in the conversation. It was almost like there were some aha moments that maybe the moon might be bringing you this week. So it's not often that people, you know, when people like, you know, out of the blue show up in my dreams, I need to tell you about what I'm dreaming. Uh, so maybe taking a look at your own chart and seeing what is the moon bringing up for you this week as it transits through those signs and through then those houses of your chart that are populated by uh, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, and a little bit of Leo. So at least through Sunday. Uh, so anyway, nothing, like I said, nothing bad, just kind of weird and something I just wanted to make sure I brought up. 
good morning, Ainsley. Hey, Astro family. It's Tom Wright as Ainsley coming to you from Osoyoos on route to the mouth of the beast, Ottawa. Uh, Tom, I don't know how many of you know this, but Tom has found the love of his life or rekindled a romance and with the love of his life and is in the process of moving from Vancouver area, uh, actually on Vancouver Island, back to Ottawa with said love of his life, whose name is Ainsley. So we wish you and Ainsley well. This is certainly a big transformation going on in your life, Tom. And uh, keep it safe. Keep it safe, right? And this is huge, a huge transformation going on in Tom's life. And so it it's one of those good transformations. I think the, the feels feel good here. Uh, Val Jocelyn, good morning to you. Debbie, you're most welcome. JLo, haha. I show my grandkids and niece about the moon. Well, definitely this week is a moon week for you, JLo. Good morning, Amanda J. And uh, let's see. Uh, something else ain't driving a pos you all gotta get the lights fixed this morning of course that's so crazy right you're you're going on what is going to be what a three thousand mile trek and they give you a truck where the lights don't work oh my goodness craziness uh val johnson's jocelyn says taurus sun cancer moon Venus in Gemini and Leo rising. It's your week too, Val, because you've got some powerful stuff going on. But the moon, the moon acts like a timing piece, um, but also, you know, bringing us sort of the inner, the inner to the outer world, where the sun is, you know, the full force of the personality or our ego structure and how our physical being shows up in the world. The moon is our inner being. It is our emotional. Uh, health. It is our uh, timing of things that go on in our life. Somebody, something just flashed at me over there. I don't know what that is. I have no idea. Natasha, if you're out there this morning, what's going on behind me? Um, so we have the moon as an indicator sometimes of when things are going to change or when things are going to be coming up for us. So that's a possibility um, for you, Val, that lots of different things, lots of of potential triggers for you coming up this week. And, you know, as we go through, I mean, we have this every week, right? There are going to be lots of different triggers all of the time. And when we have an outer world, that's, you know, one big trigger right now, uh, it makes it even harder for us to deal with sometimes our personal things. Like for um, over the weekend, uh, my daughter's father-in-law fell. He's 93. Three, I believe it is, or 94, he falls, breaks a hip, and it has to be taken to the hospital. He broke the ball off the hip joint. And so they were going to have to do a partial hip replacement at 93, 94 years old. Yikes, right? And then she gets a call at one in the morning, you know, telling her that he'd have stroke after the fall, after the surgery, and now a stroke. He's doing well even though he's had the stroke and the plan is to get him up and out of bed this morning. But the barrage of emotions that come up as each one of these things, you know, is presented uh, creates that feeling inside of anxiety. And to the point where if your phone rings, you know, in this case, Heather, bless her heart, every time the phone rings now, is, is it going to be, you know, the worst news, right? And then what makes this even harder for everybody is COVID, 
because the hospitals are still not, or at least here in Washington, they're not allowing but one person a day to see anybody in the hospital. So, you know, you get a whole family that wants to know what's going on and then you don't have access to, in this case, your father uh, or your father-in-law or your grandpa, my two of my grandkids, right? It's their grandfather. And it just makes, you know, it amps up the pressure. You go to someplace like where Debbie lives and you've had already this destruction wrought by a hurricane two or three years ago. And now you see that there's this more potential for things to happen. Um, and this is happening everywhere, right? Everywhere to everybody. And it, it throws us off, right? It puts us, it almost puts us at odds emotionally with the world. You know, I think I told you guys on Friday, I was even noticing my husband, Terry, who often doesn't give one wit about what's going on in the world. I mean, it's not that he doesn't care. He's just happy-go-lucky and everything is like, you know, always happy. And even he dreaming last night that America was inv invaded by Russia and that we, you know, millions of us had to come together and march on uh, the forces of Russia and He's like, I don't even know why I would dream that. And I'm like, because there's this fear, you know, that our own annihilation is at hand. And that just, again, ramps up the, the fear. So I'm not bringing this up to add more fear or more fuel to the fire, but mostly because I believe that there's a path forward for all of us. And it lies with Neptune. And if you remember... I think this was, would have been way back in uh, just maybe when I was doing the astrology for 2021, we talked about the times that we live in and how it was roughly akin to the dark ages. So we take ourselves back a couple of thousand years to the dark ages. And there was a lot of, of this, uh, there had been the plague and there had been a lot of invasions by marauding tribes from the sea, actually, at that point in time. So people uh, coming from, you know, lands far away and attacking uh, Europe and uh, settlements in Europe. And then, uh, of course, pestilence, right? The crops failed. And during that period of time, you've, you've got the plague or you've got some kind of plague going on. I can't remember if it was bubonic plague. I think it was bubonic plague, Black Death. And uh, creating, you know, a lot of chaos. And of course, at that time period, nobody knew, you know, what was going on. We didn't know anything about germs or how to protect ourselves from germs or bacteria. And then on top of that, you add a climate that was going crazy at the time. So such similarities, right, from way back then to way back here or way up here into this time period. So all of those time things that we, the correlations between different time periods show us that we survived, right? We survived. We got through this. The difference between then and now is that we're a whole lot wiser as a species. We have evolved, even though sometimes it looks like we've evolved, <laughs> we've evolved to be able to consciously co-create our reality. And we are always in the process of co-creation when, for example, we are focused on the anxiety or when we are focused on the things that are happening and we, you know, are triggered by them. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't know what's happening because we need to know what's happening. 
but we also need to monitor and maintain our own emotional self rather than reacting to bad news or to worldly events or to things that are happening in our experiences that we're having in our own lives. We have to learn to be responsible, responding to life rather than reacting to life. So Natasha, thank you. What does she say? I see around you is you have a lot of activity because you've been doing a lot of inner work. Angels, your so your star family, all messages YouTube won't give me enough space to write. Thank you. What she's referring to is as I was talking this morning, a flash of light came at me from over here. So off to my left and I'm looking over there going, well, what would be there that flashed, right? There's nothing over here. My phone is off. Um, so I don't know what it was. So thank you, Natasha, for looking into that. Good morning, Asa. It's good to see you. Susie Gemini says, I have Neptune as a singleton in Sag, fourth house, whole sign, third Placidus, sending love and light to everybody. Got it. So let me make the, the thing that I was trying, the point that I wanted to make, and then I will go back and talk about this in human design terms, is that the only difference planet-wise between what was going on in the dark ages versus what is going on here is the planet Neptune. First of all, Neptune wasn't discovered until 1700 and the dark ages were, you know, well beyond that back in the 1100s, right? 1100-ish, 10th century, 11th, uh, 12th century. And the planet Neptune now in our consciousness is giving us the ability to reach up to our star families, to our higher selves, to source, right? To uh, a spirituality that uh, at that point in, in history wasn't available in the same way, right? In, in their time, it was different. There was a, you know, a vengeful God perhaps, or there was still the pagan uh, religions that were, you know, um, looking at the natural world as the source of the problems. Well, you know, now we know that we're co-creating this reality. Maybe then, you know, it was really, you know, out of their hands. But now we have this potential and this potential is to become the co-creators of the reality. So what do we do about it? Right. What do we do? So that brings me to two planets this week that are um, making some big changes or have one that's already made a big change, and one that is going to make the change today later in the day. And that is Saturn having moved into the gate 49 which is on the emotional center in our human design. And then Neptune moving into the gate 36, which is also on the emotional solar plexus of our human design. So for those of you who are listening and listening in podcasts, this is where you might want to shift over to YouTube or to Facebook to see the video as I'm going to share my screen. Uh, but I will talk you through what it is that I am showing. So uh, everybody bear with me for a moment as I shift my screen. So what you are seeing now is our mandala, and this is the mandala of uh, the week, so to speak. Um, there are a whole lot of other things that I could have put on here, but I wanted to show you how the emotional solar plexus, which I didn't highlight, is really affected this week. And not just this week, but going forth, right? Going on into the next several weeks, we have this very powerful connection of planets sitting here. Uh, right now at the gate 30 uh, is, the, is the planet Mercury. Forgot to write that in there. And then at the gate 49, the gate of revolution, we have Saturn. And we have Neptune and then the sun 
uh, tomorrow the sun will sit here and Jupiter starting next week all at the gate 22 with Neptune changing gates today over to the gate 36. So we have four gates that are activated by planets right now on the solar plexus. And I want to break down a little bit more about what each of those means. But then note that the solar plexus energy is only offset by the Ajna, where the Earth and uh, the who sits at 24 right now? What did I? Oh, I think that is. Oh, yeah, Uranus uh, sitting at the gate 24 right now. That brings the emotion to the mind, right? Or the potential for the mind to start spiraling because of the emotion or the emotion to trigger us to start thinking our way out of things or thinking about things. And the mind, of course, is not a place where we can make decisions. So the the trigger that the earth is bringing is in the gate 47, and we call that the gate of the mindset. So in the mindset, the Ajna, by the way, for those of you listening in podcast, is the second center down. It is the center that we think of as the place of the mind. So it rules thinking and certainty and uh, all of our thought processes. So it is a center for comparing and contrasting, analyzing its memory, its data recall. Uh, it's all of the facts and the figures. Uh, it has a lot of, of um, potential to cause anxiety because of thinking and overthinking. So we have the earth sitting in the center of overthinking that can bring overthinking and then anxiety due to overthinking and also a gate that looks at the uh, potential for the mindset that we are in to cause stinking thinking, right? That's the kind of funny name we've given this, uh, the potential of the negative expression in the gate that the earth is in. So we're being challenged to look at our minds and to to in some way um, become more responsible about what's going on in our minds because our thoughts have creative potential, as do our emotions. And if the thoughts are triggering emotions or the emotions are triggering thoughts, then it can take us into the expression of what becomes concrete and real. So do we want the worst that we can think of to become real? Do we want to really energize that? Or do we want to move our minds and our emotions more to the things that feel good? That is the question, right? That, that is the opportunity as we move on here. So let's first look at Saturn because Saturn has played around in the gate 49 a couple of times already, right? Starting last year, he moved into the gate 49, then he retrograded. Then he moved forward again, back through the 49, and then uh, moved on beyond 49. And now he's back into the 49. I think I just said that backwards. But this is a gate that is called revolution and principles. Sometimes we call it the gate of principles. And in quantum human design, we call this gate 49, which is right here on the solar plexus, the gate of, uh, of catalyzing events, the catalyst, if you will, of things that are coming on. Now, this then brings us the possibility of it being a time for change, a time for renewal, a time to revolt, right? A time to get life right. So the revolt, the renewal, the change isn't coming at us because we um, are deserving of it or that we're bad or whatever. This has the feel 
of that rebirthing process. In fact, in the Gene Keys, the highest expression of the energy of this gate is rebirth, right? So we are at the potential for a rebirth that stems from breaking old established patterns. Now that could be societal patterns, that could be Oh my gosh, that thing just flashed again. What is flashing over here? Who are you? Um, it is our being able to become aware of what old patterns we are holding ourselves to. Is it a personal pattern of uh, that uh, of keeping you down? Uh, is it a personal pattern of low self-worth? <laughs> is it a personal pattern of whatever, grievances of unforgiveness, of judgment, of all those harsh kinds of things? And is it a, a societal break from old patterns, right? When we look at what Saturn rules, both in human design and through astrology, it is the forms and the structures that are in place, the institutions that we have, that have are maybe breaking down, that are taking us... Um, it, it, on a on a journey through the exposure of what is sustainable versus what is no longer sustainable. There's karma here. And I don't think of karma as punitive. I think of it as bringing balance, right? Rebalancing the universe. And what if the part that, what if rebalancing the universe starts with reimagining it first? Reimagining then rebuilding or rebalancing, all of that going together. So here is transformation and the ability for us to reach a breaking point. We say, we've had it. We've had enough. I'm not doing this anymore. I won't be this anymore. I won't support this anymore. Um, it is the the revolt even through the the um, the communities, right? Through this idea of, of communal discontent and that being we have had enough right? We've reached the breaking point. So I might be reaching a breaking point and we are reaching a breaking point. We're rising up to say no, not in my backyard. No, not in my reality. No, not now. And this sort of is the gate that is the juxtaposition of the gate 29 that says yes to everything, right? So maybe whatever we've said yes to too many times is now being rebalanced by our rising up to say no. But this is on the emotional center. This is the this is the solar plexus. And we we have to be very aware of the energy that we're broadcasting out of that center. So we're feeling our way forward here. We are in every moment asking ourselves, or we need to be asking ourselves, how are we showing up here emotionally? Right? Am I allowing the emotions to carry me away and to just keep creating a disaster scenario? Or am I going to rise up and say, nope, not, not now, right? I'm going to visualize or I'm going to put my emotional energy into peace, let's say, or into prosperity or into love, whichever, um, you know, energy that you want to focus it at. Now, personally, you know, the reason I come on here every, you know, these days and I tell you what's going on is because I want you to also understand this, that this is a personal revolution that's going on. Not all of you may have a planet sitting at the gate 49 by birth. I do not. But now I suddenly have Saturn sitting here. And for the next several weeks while he's sitting in this position, I have a personal uh, need to look at where in my life I might be feeling depleted, 
where I have neglected some parts of myself or something where I may be feeling overwhelmed or where I might be feeling starved for something. So all of us able now to take a look closer at what is it that we need to balance out? What do we need to rebirth or what do we need to bring a revolution to versus reaction? Reaction is the shadow energy here. When we knee jerk, right? And and just strike out and do something uh, from a sense that the more negative frequency of the gate 49 can be where we get caught up in black and white thinking, where it's hard for us to see the gray area and something happens and we just cut, right? We just cut somebody out of our lives or we just cut off the flow of something and we don't look back, right? So we have to watch the more negative frequency of cutting ourselves off from something. It's one thing to rise up and say, no, no longer is this going to be my experience, but what's going to fill that void, right? You have to, you have to be able to choose. Instead, choose love, right? Or choose peace, so we're going to be inputting something into uh, the, that gray area that is going to help us. Um, and in a way that has to be a down to earth approach, because Saturn is a sign that rules both earth and air. So we have to have some ideas and we have to be able to bring the ideas down into um, reality. But overall, what I see is with the, with Saturn at the 49 is that we are coming to a fork in the road. I think we're at the fork in the road. Remember last week I had the, was it a dream? And I came back with the word bifurcation where there's the split, right? Where this split happens and we get to choose. Are we going to go the path of peace? Are we going to go the path of love? Or are we going to continue down this path of, of cranky, um, old, uh in in energy that we need to let go of so we do that partly by claiming our authority right saturn remember is authority and thus the the tendency for the outer world to show us the negative aspects of authoritarianism and that's everywhere right around the world we see where authoritarianism is trying to make inroads into our reality so we have to become our own authorities, not through authoritarian measures, but through saying enough's enough, right? This is the way it's going to be. This is my reality. This is what I choose. And following that up, backing that up, right? Now, Neptune. Neptune was the planet that was going to be different in all of this. And our experience today of these crazy revolutionary energies, the planet Neptune brings us a new experience here. And Neptune is about spirit. It has a very esoteric, metaphysical, spiritual, um, higher power feel to it. And it's where we can connect to the unseen realm. And so Neptune not having played a part in that last time period, it took us instead into uh, revolutions and uh, renaissance sort of in, in the outer world through science and through the, the physics of the world. So we went from the more magical, um, unexplainable into trying to mechanize and explain and uh, you know make everything fit into rules and to laws and all of that. And now here we are, 
where those laws and those rules are all breaking down again, things aren't working the way that we thought they were. And here's Neptune offering up another way, right? Another way through the emotional center today until he moves into the 36, which will happen at sunset. Um, he's in the gate 22 and has been in 22, which is a, a, a place in our charts where we need to bring the the peace of sort of surrendering or trusting that everything is working according to plan, even if we don't know the plan, right? We may not know what the uh, impulses of evolution in this particular time, but we know that everything is happening according to sort of a timeline or a plan. We may not like the plan. Now, our free will is that we can choose to how we want to think about what is happening. Our, our choices are about what are we going to do with the things that are being presented to us. What's being presented to us by Neptune at this point is crisis resolution. I'm like, wow, how, how could, how, you know, two different things, right? Revolution on one hand and then crisis resolution on another. In the I Ching, this particular gate, this 36, and uh, move because Neptune's moving to 36, I'm now going to talk about 36. The 36 in the I Ching is called the darkening of the light. The darkening of the light. When we look at this gate in the gene keys, I think it affords us a different way to look at this in that the highest expression of the gate 36 with Neptune sitting here is compassion. And in the gift, it is humanity. Where is our humanity here? And in the lowest expression, it's turbulence, right? Chaos. So are we teetering on the brink of a catastrophe? That may be what we're feeling. That may be the anxiety that uh, we feel viscerally within us, that somehow uh, that we are, are coming to an end, that, that we might feel the catastrophe in our bones, if you will. Um, that means for us that it's time to step into the cauldron, the darkness, the unknown. I used a picture this morning for the graphic of the YouTube video, uh, a picture of the cauldron. Neptune on one side, Saturn on the other, you know, putting their energies into this cauldron, the seething energy that alchemizes change and transformation. So what is the transformational energy here? Um, partly that would be our letting go of anxiety that might be triggered and embracing our experiences, embracing emotions, being more objective about the fact we are not our emotions. We feel them, but we are not them. So saying things like I'm, I'm happy or I'm depressed aren't real because they aren't who you are. It's what you are feeling. And there is a distinct tendency toward chaos here. Because it's in turbulence and chaos that the potential for change occurs, right? We, we all know that uh, sometimes we have to deconstruct something in order to reconstruct, right? Sometimes we have to take everything out of the refrigerator. This is going to be my task this week. Everything out of the refrigerator to clean the refrigerator really well. Put back only those things that are usable or not, you know, uh, going to go bad soon. And then we can put, put something new in the refrigerator, right? That's just a, a, a way to look at this. So what we need to do in all of this then is hold an alignment vision, a vision for emotional alignment. Uh, and we have to hold the frequency of that long enough to bring it into form. Because when we do, 
this gate, this planet, Neptune, sitting at this gate brings us miracles. This is a gate of miracles. Miracles can happen. This is the unseen world. This is the world where because of what we've chosen in our uh, with our emotions and chosen in our thoughts and chosen with our, our, our hearts, we can bring it into creation and we affect a miracle, right? What's the miracle? There's redemption in this energy too, that, you know, we could go into a very long study of what um, Neptune brings to us because, I mean, there's the visionary capability, there's the spiritual capability, there's redemptive energy, there's forgiveness energy, there's the whole unclear uh, vision here, there's disillusionment here, there's glamour here, the glamour, if you think of glamour and how it covers up what's underneath, and what does that mean? There's unconsciousness here. So maybe what this process is between Saturn and Neptune, and then ultimately the Sun and Jupiter putting, you know, a nicer, more tender spin on it over the next couple of weeks, in the next couple of weeks, um, to be able to bring into form that which we really are choosing instead of that which we have defaulted to choosing by being in a mindset that is taking us into the shadow. So uh, interesting, right? I'm going to take a look at comments here and see what's happening. Uh, I guess I would have to go back. So Ainsley or Tom, anybody, anybody else glad to be out of that intense shadow period? Heck yes, me too. I'm with you. Um, so questions, comments, uh, Janet, can you do gates with Pluto sometimes? Thank you. Yes. Miracles. Yes. So Susie, miracle, as miracles go, Pluto right now is, let me see what gate line he's in. So Pluto today is sitting in the line two of gate 60. Um, so 60 sits on the uh, root center and it is an impulse for innovation for change, transformation, that comes from seeing that things are crumbling or that they're not working. And then we we have to, in some way, bring in limits. Remember, we, we talked about the limits, right? The, the gate 60 and limits because Mars and Venus and Pluto were all together sitting at that gate. And are, uh, now Mars and Venus have just moved out of that gate and are bringing us uh let's see today they're bringing us actually they don't move out of that gate until wednesday and they'll bring us the energy of imagination then right the imaginative the potential for uh it's the human design new year gate the gate 41 but pluto will still be sitting at the 60 for a very long time and the gate 60 bringing us the idea that if we want to innovate if we want to bring change that we're actually going to have to um, bring some limits to the foundation so that we can have something solid to build upon, right? Everything that we've built our society on, maybe uh, built our, our uh, nations on, uh, built our lives around isn't sustainable. And we see the cracks in all of that right now. So Pluto is the planet of rebirth. He is the planet that takes us on that deep soul journey taking us into the underworld, if you will, dragging us sometimes, kicking and screaming through the underworld. 
where each one of us have the opportunity to look inward at ourselves to see where it is that we're still holding a part of the shadow. That's what the shadow period these last couple of uh, last 20 days uh, from Friday was all about looking at what part of the shadow are you holding on to? Where are you in resonance with the collective shadow? And so there was a lot of stuff coming up for a lot of people, old stuff, right? That would be so that we can start to build from a new foundation. We have to set the new, the limits, like we have to be able to limit ourselves we can't just keep growing and growing exponentially outward because to do so is not sustainable. At some point, something breaks, right? So, and we do definitely want to have innovation, right? We, we need it. We need to bring the new, the untried, the outside of the box um, for solutions to the things that are going on here in the world. But we have to do that in a solid way. Thus, Saturn right? Saturn here with the gate of revolution, that revolution has, has to have a point at time where we say no more, right? No more. And now we start to make the change. And then Neptune offering up the vision of, well, what could be? And Pluto still holding the ground for us to make sure that what we do next is both innovative, but also built on a solid foundation. So I hope all that makes sense. And by the way, this is going on in your own personal lives in some way too. Like I, it's going on for me. And, and for me, this just happens to be focused in the work that I'm doing. Um, but it's also possible that this is happening in many different areas of your lives. You know, there are 12 houses which represent the areas of your lives. I talked to a couple of people over the weekend who were um, experiencing issues and the problem is in the old subconscious or unconscious patterns that have been running the show. And as soon as they get that light bulb moment, it's empowering, right? That's the thing that we're looking for is the empowerment that is going to be able to move us ahead, right? That's going to be able to help us see that we are the creators and that it is us that can make the changes, not some, not some entity out there uh, that can make the change for us. You know, we're the ones that are going to make these changes. So we're the ones that have to do uh, what we need to do in order to affect that change. So good stuff, right? Uh, don't forget too this week, right now, today, we're actually sitting at the 13, the day 13 in the Pleiadian Earth calendar. That is the gate of ascension, or I mean the gate. It is the day of ascension. It's ascension day. So it's the end of the 13-day week, the end of the 13-day period of the evolution of consciousness. And it's ending at the day sign listening. So we're listening. And not necessarily with 13, we're listening inward. Right? We're listening to the voice coming from within and or, you know, within the unseen, right? The 13 takes us into the very feminine, feminine womb energy, right? Going within and looking at what's crystallizing from within us that will wait to be birthed outside of us, right? So there's that in the Mayan calendar. This was Akbal. And I remember from Friday when we were looking at the Mayan uh, birth dates, Somebody was born on 13 Akbal, and now I cannot remember who it was, but somebody out there who's listening might remember if it was you, um, and that means today you're having a spiritual birthday, 
right? Today's your spiritual birthday. We all have a spiritual birthday when the uh, day and the uh, universal day come together. And that happens every 260 days for each of us. So it's not, it's an, it's a birth of your next level of consciousness, not a physical birth date so much, but a spiritual birth date. So somebody had 13 Akbal and I don't know who that was now. And I don't know that I can go back and find it. Uh, but if I can, I will find it. And so if we're at 13 today, then that means we also know that tomorrow we are starting a new round of consciousness building, of growth in our consciousness. And tomorrow becomes one planting energy. Planting in the Mayan calendar was Khan, K-A-N. It represented a seed. Like they, they postulate that maybe it was the seed of corn, right? Corn was the staple in their, their food staple. And so whether they had corn or not, uh, meant whether they were going to be able to survive as a culture or as a species. So corn and the planting of the corn, uh, a very possible reference to uh, what's what are we planting now for our, our next 13-day period of time. It has a sort of energetic youthfulness to it. It's, it's newish, right? Um, and in that newishness, what's possible becomes what's what we're focusing on, right? What are we focusing on becomes what's possible. So we see that we'll have 13 days with that as sort of the umbrella energy over all 13 days as we move on through the Pleiadian Earth or Mayan calendar. So there we have that. Uh, let's, if the only big aspects, uh, let's say, for the week in terms of astrology is that um, Wednesday, Mercury will move out of Aquarius and in Pisces and will, um, you know, start to go through a sign that um, we've got Jupiter in, we have Neptune in, right now we still have the sun in, and that creates a stellium, if you will, in Pisces. And that Piscean energy can really pick and validate, pick up on and validate that Neptune energy at gate 36, where compassion and humanity uh, take us out of turbulence, right? That pull us upward, that elevate our consciousness. So uh, that will happen on Wednesday. Uh, literally, there's nothing new today. Tomorrow, we have the new human design week, but we were already talking about what's happening there. Uh, the next big thing isn't until sa Sunday, the 13th when the sun conjuncts Neptune. So we have another Neptune sort of connection this week that we should be very aware of. And the sun conjunct in Neptune begins a, no, a new one-year process through which the they will move together through uh, their consciousness evolution. So every time, as you know, when the sun comes to a planet uh, or conjuncts a planet, it begins a new cycle. So at the Sun-Neptune cycle beginning uh, at the uh, uh, middle part, middle end of, of Pisces and taking us on a journey then through the different ways in which they'll connect, striking up our egos, right? Our ego is the, the Sun, right? Our, our physical being and through the different uh, relationships that the Sun will hold with Neptune throughout the year, giving us the concept of evolution of consciousness, right? The inner uh, revolution and evolution that we are undergoing. So let's see, uh, the Sun will be with Neptune at 22 degrees, 39 minutes. 
That, my friends, is the bullet burn close to where Jupiter and Neptune will conjunct next month in April. So look to that degree in your chart. Whatever planets are sitting at whatever degrees, right between, let's say, about 22 degrees and 24 degrees, there's where you're primed for some kind of evolution of consciousness to go on. It could also be a physical um, evolution. It can be uh, emotional. It can be mental. It can be uh, spiritual. So there's a lot of potential for where those degrees are in our charts for some kind of change to be happening. So good, not so good. We don't know, right? It's going to be dependent upon what's going on in your own personal chart, as well as um, how you greet that in your own life. We all have that, that degree span somewhere in the chart. We may not all have planets sitting there and we may have planets and signs other than Pisces that uh, are holding space for the relationship between both the sun and Jupiter coming to that degree with Pis with uh, Neptune. And uh, those relationships can be say a sextile or a trine that make it an ease and flow sort of, of of this change. But it is also possible that they're in conjuncts or that they're semi-sextiles or that they're uh, squares uh, that can form challenges to us. So it's hard to say how that's going to look except in your own uh, knowing your own chart, but looking to, let's just call it 22 to 24 degrees with 23 being the bullseye here. And we also, if we look at the transiting planets, we have Eris also sitting at 23 degrees. She's sitting at 23 of Aries. So she, she forms a semi-sextile, which can be a challenge, a tense aspect to the Pisces planets. And in Aries, Eris has been throwing out those little bombs at us, right? The, the, the apples of discord that cause us to break from the way things have been that cause us to, you know, wake up and to be shook up even and to become more inclusive, to become more tolerant, to let go of the places that create discord in our lives. And that's happening, right? The nodes are also very close to the 23 degree mark. In fact, they're at 2451. They're backing into the sign. So they have not yet passed the 23 degree. They're aimed at it. And that's 24 of, of Scorpio and Taurus. So we have, um, we have more, you know, evidence that we're needing to take a look through the lenses of spirit, through the lenses of a higher consciousness at everything that's going on in the world and everything that's going on in our personal lives in order to be able to see more clearly. And let's see, is there anything else? The, uh, you know, Black Moon Lilith, she's at 25 Gemini. I think she's moved through the, this part in the, in the previous couple of weeks that have likely, you know, been a trigger of some shadow energy because the black moon Lilith represents what's hidden from us, kind of like what's right out here in our blind spot. And in Gemini, the blind spot for all of us that we might be dealing with is how we people please or how we aren't staying true to ourselves because we're giving away ourselves piece by piece to other people, 
to our minds, to uh, uh, situations in our lives, to our relationships that aren't really being supportive of us. So JLo, my whole chart, I have ascendant 24 degrees overall. I am in the potter's hand molding all along, like flowing like water. I see that. Uh, Tanya, if you see this in time, will you please pull a dragon card for me? I will. That, that's a great idea. I might have some time this morning because I think I'm coming to the end here. We can draw a couple of cards. And uh, thank you, Tom and Ainsley, for reminding me to remind all of you to please, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button and share the videos, right? The videos are, you know, um, easily shared on YouTube by just hitting the share button. And on Facebook, you can hit share just to share with your network, you know, your um, Facebook buddies, but also hit the like uh, for the video on Facebook. All right, so let's do some cards, shall we? I'm going to pull the dragons up for you, um, Tanya, and let's see what the dragons say here for you. And then I'll pull some for the, for JLo Chiron is also at 24 degrees. You're lit up. No wonder I dreamt about you, right? You're all lit up. All right. So you, uh, Amanda, or no, Tanya, awesome Tanya, Silver Dragon illuminates your potential with higher light. Access untapped resources. Look into your soul. See higher possibilities. So here's the Silver Dragon. It's a beautiful one. Very etheric looking. So let's see what the wisdom from the silver dragon is for you. And silver is a seventh dimensional dragon. I love that. Bathes you in divine feminine light. Sorry, that's silver lunar. I don't want that one. I need the plain silver. 56. That is a fifth dimensional dragon. Hmm. All right. Illuminate your potential with higher light. Fifth dimensional shimmering silver dragons radiate divine feminine light and gentle qualities. They exude harmlessness, love, peace, tranquility, balance, gentleness, and calmness. If we are ready, they surround our aura in a soft, pure silver light that enables us to retain these divine feminine qualities. They also reflect our true self and our highest potential back to us by becoming by coming to us and looking deep into our eyes. This enables us to see the essence of our soul and discover aspects of ourselves we did not know existed. We are reminded of our divine magnificence and may catch a glimpse of the mighty soul or even monad, I am presence to which we belong. Here's your guidance. Your fifth dimensional soul blueprint contains the keys and codes of your gifts, talents, wisdom, and powers. Much of this is locked away and unused. Receiving this card suggests that it is time for some of this potential to be ignited and brought forward into your life. You are ready to reveal yourself and be who you truly can be. Sit quietly and see or sense the shimmering silver dragon who has come to you. Allow it to reflect back to you the hidden aspects of your soul and your higher possibilities. This may or may not be a conscious process, but it will inspire you to express your essence and transform your life. Be ready to develop any gifts or qualities that the dragon draws to your attention. You may surprise yourself. That is an awesome card. 
uh, yeah, Tess doesn't. Um, Susie, I should look up Garden Dragons. That deck is the sweetest dragon deck by Stanley Morrison, Field Guide to Garden Dragons. You'll love it. Okay, I'll look that up. Thank you for that. Um, all right, so uh, the silver dragon matches my blouse. My blouse is kind of green, but it does kind of blend in that whole background, right? Love it. All right, let's pull us an animal card for the week. And then time-wise, one more person who's feeling like they need guidance can ask for a card reading today. One more person. The animal for the week is beaver, beaver spirit. And beaver came out upside down. So there's a protection message, but beaver. And beaver is card number six, lay a solid foundation, right? Lay a solid foundation. Gotta love that one. And number six. And the protection message here for all of us for the week. Beaver spirit has come to warn you to check for rotten wood in the foundations of your dreams. Perhaps you built your hopes on faulty promises or wishful thinking that someone would work, something would work out, excuse me, just because you wanted it to. Maybe you made a choice from a place of unworthiness, hoping that once you got what you desired, it would somehow change you and make everything better. And you had to face the truth that it didn't. Uh, or Beaver Spirit may be telling you it is time to accept things as they are and perhaps consider abandoning the project, relationship, or situation so you can make room for something better. Perhaps you need to go back and rebuild a solid foundation because what you desire may not be in alignment with what your soul intends. Mm. Beaver Spirit says you can always get busy and build something fresh and new if the desire is true. All manner of miracles can spring up from a new strong foundation when you remember your partnership with Spirit. Be clear about what you're building and why. Choosing from a place of worthiness, well-being, and wholeness. Self-understanding and acceptance will provide you with a solid blueprint to begin again. Get busy now. Beaver Spirit says, this is not a time to procrastinate, but a time to start building again, always mindful of the foundation you are laying, trusting that Spirit is co-creating with you. Well, that's an important one for us to know, I believe. So there we go. Debbie Tibbetts, two meal. I got you, girl. And Beaver, I'm going to pull out, hmm, what I just saw in my mind's eye for you, Debbie, is the goddesses. So I'm going to pull out the goddesses. Hmm. Yes, the goddesses. Oh, we haven't used this deck in a while. So Irene says, I have Venus and Mercury at 24 and 23 degrees in trying to the Sun, Jupiter, Neptune gathering. I love the energies at these times. So much unfolding, clearing what is needed, expanding into the unknown, raising consciousness, raising your spirit to the sky, all of that. Ooh, there we go, Missy. It is Parvati, devotion. And she was upside down to start with. She's card 41, but isn't she pretty, Parvati? I think that sounds like she might be an Indian goddess, Parvati. And she was in an alignment message for you. So 41. She's beautiful. 41. Okay. Wait, go back. Okay, so 
um, the message for you, Debbie, is the goddess Parvati comes now to offer her help because blind faith in others isn't serving you and devotion to something undeserving may be showing up in your life. Ask yourself why you are so committed to someone or something you know deep down will fail you. Are you afraid of seeing things as they are? What if you let go and allow a higher force to guide you to the right people, places, and things that are in your highest good? Can you remember when the devotion to ultimate spiritual partnership was reciprocated? Consider what happens when you place your attention only on money, status, ambition, and power. The world becomes narrow and you lose connection to a higher existence in your greater good. The goddess Parvati offers this alignment task. Get your spiritual life in order. Make prayer and meditation part of your daily routine. Act as if you believe that what is for you won't go past you and that, and that what must proceed will do so without your interference. You will be amazed at how everything falls into place. The goddess Parvati reminds you that you are so loved and cherished. Gotta love that one. All right. So hopefully that has meaning for you. Parvati. All right. Oh, oh, that is it for me this morning, everybody. I will not be on Wednesday this week. I don't have a guest on Friday. I will be back. And I wanted you to know that if you go to Facebook, the Living Astrology Facebook page, and I'll probably share that with the community page later on today, I have offered for free the Astro Design uh, chapter from my book for everybody. So March 2022, um, and it's in downloadable format. It becomes, when you click on the link, it takes you where you can download it or just read it if you want to. So that is on the Living Astrology page, and I'm not sure if I shared it yesterday to the community page, so I will go check that for everybody. And um, was there something else I wanted to share? I think that's it for now. I think that's it for now. I'll see you all on Friday. Much love. Bye for now.